Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am your host, Armand Lee, and thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode of The Quarterly Report. We got a fun show this week. My homeboy and resident comic book expert, Mark Moore, is going to stop by and talk to us about all the comic movies that are coming out. Obviously, Justice League, Thor, we're going to preview Black Panther, also The Punishers coming on, Netflix. We're going to break down all those things. Plus, on last week's episode, I teased how the Colts have somehow managed to ruin two potential Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks in a matter of years. We're going to discuss all that and retrace their steps to make sure your favorite team doesn't repeat whatever mess Jim Ursay and company have done. All that and so much more. But first, our number one topic this week. There are teams in every single sport, whether you love them or hate them, sometimes especially if you hate them, that they have this ability to make the entire sport so much better when they're relevant. We all know them, right? The Yankees are a prime example because so many people hate the Yankees that you you almost spend almost as much energy rooting against them as you do rooting for your favorite teams. And, it, and it's not just with team sports either, right? I'm not a golf fan. I don't like Tiger Woods. However, there is no denying, even now, right, him being so far removed from being a legitimate contender, when he is playing even when everyone knows he has no chance to win, just the mere fact of him playing, it moves the needle for the entire sport. We know about the Yankees. I've talked about them. Whether you love them or hate them, and most people in this area hate them. Actually, you know what? Living outside D.C., it may be half and half, but the Cowboys. You know, my dad, God bless his soul, he was a huge Cowboys fan. But even if you don't like the Cowboys, having them now, they're so much better than those, what, Quincy Carter, Drew Henson years. You remember them? When they were just completely irrelevant. The entire sport is better when the Cowboys are playing well, when they're relevant. They don't even have to be winning. Same can be said with the Packers. And the Packers, with the exception of maybe like three years, they've been good for like 20 plus years consistently. Same with the Steelers, right? That's with football. Allow me to flex just a little bit, right? When it comes to hoops, and it's early. It's super early, but young, I'm feeling them. My Knicks, when the Knicks are good, at least relevant, I feel like the entire NBA is better. You know what I mean? When the garden is rocking, when we have a, a legitimate star in the making that's fun to watch, you know what I mean? Because everybody gives their best at the garden. It just adds a certain level. But it's not just us. The Lakers are the same way. It pains me to say this, but when the Celtics are good, they're better, right? It, it, on every single level of every single sport, individual or teams, there are some teams, some players, some programs who just amplify. They make their entire sport better when they are playing well. And I can't think of any team, player, or program right now that exemplifies this better than the University of Miami. I mean, I was I was more into college football this year. I guess probably the last two years, right? A lot of things factored into that. The success of the original college football playoff. You know, um, the gradual, I guess, lack of interest, uh, distaste for the NFL. 
and you know just something different you know as i grow old maybe you feel the same way as you grow old you you just acquire different tastes all these things are factoring in but the you being back and the way they play now there's just there's no denying it you could have gone to notre dame you could be have gone be an alum of florida state it doesn't matter when miami is good when miami is relevant when miami is dominant even the entire sport of you of college football is better usc is the same way texas is the same way but this year oh my god let please let miami make it to the college football playoff and this is coming from someone again i don't like there's only one team professional college high school whatever of any sport that i love y'all know who that is shout out to the latvia mamba <laughs> you don't understand but there's only one team I love. But when I was coming up, being that I was born in, Rich in, in Richmond, you know, it was either UVA or the Hokies, and I was rocking with the Hokies. So, you know, in high school or middle school, I didn't go there, obviously, but, you know, Virginia Tech and Miami, they were decent-sized rivals, especially once Vic hit Blacksburg, right? So Miami used to get on my nerves. I used to couldn't stand them. But, yeah, when they were good, the, the sport is better. Hell, look at the 30 for 30s, right? They've essentially done two and a half University of Miami films. They may not be a better 30 for 30. I really love the two Escobars, but that's a, a different type of documentary. But the most fun documentary is easily the first you. The first you was so good, they made a second one. You know? And... You could argue that it was more compelling, but it wasn't better than the first. The first was just amazing. Showing how they rose and how things fell apart. The characters, the player, the charisma. You know what I mean? The swag, the whole nine. Who doesn't either love that or love to hate it? And not only is Miami playing better, not only is Miami relevant, not only are they now you know, one of the four teams in the college football playoffs. Slim, they got the turnover chain. Oh, my God. Like, that, to me, is such an amazing idea. That, to me, represents everything that football, especially college football, but football should represent. You know what I mean? Having fun. Feeling yourself when you are winning. And I can hear the old heads like, oh, man, don't show up your opponent and all this other stuff. Slim, how can anyone, I haven't heard anyone personally rip the turnover chain, but if you do, if I ever come across someone who does not like the turnover chain, I hope I'm wearing some Tims or some Nike boots so I can kick you so hard in the shin. You understand? Like, you don't deserve to have, you, you deserve to have that pain just shoot at the bottom part of your leg. Forever saying something that dumb. The turnover chain is so dope. And you know what? Let me let me just say this first. For everybody, because y'all know what's coming. I don't want to see next year a turnover crown, a turnover robe, a turnover belt, a turnover pinky ring. I don't want to see none of that. Let them have that. Turnover chain is the such a dope idea. Please, please let them have that. Because we don't need everybody else having a little bootleg, fake me out, turnover change, bro. When somebody has a great idea, salute them and let them have that. You know what I mean? Because you know what's coming next year. 
somebody's going to come out here with the, the turnover scepter and rock around the sidelines holding the scepter like they're a king. And it's going to piss me off. And I don't even like Miami as a program. I like what they represent. I like the fun that they bring to the sport. But I'm not a fan of the U. You know what I mean? I don't run around throwing up the U in my hands. But I laugh when I see guys like Michael Irvin and, you know, um, Ed Reed and all these guys, like, just so happy and just flex about their school because that's exactly how they should feel. That's exactly how they should act. Miami's been through a lot. And to see them finally come back is fun. I don't care what college you like. Are they the real deal? Will they make it to the final college football playoffs? Who knows? But right now, man, just sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Enjoy the chain. Enjoy the, the flavor that they bring to the to their sport. Because every program, every team, every player is not like that. You know? There are only a few Tigers. There are only a few Lakers. There are only a few Yankees. Whether you love them or hate them, you're interested. And make no mistake, yes, college football has a winning product. Yes, they are maximizing their opportunity to put a stranglehold in the, you know, the sports world's conscious because of what the NFL is doing wrong. College football has seized their opportunity. But yes, it does help when they have the U running around with a green and orange chain celebrating on the sidelines when they get a turnover. Think about it. So many of us will have a football game coming up on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend. Or maybe it's near Christmas. But we all do it, right? And when we play, just like when we did when we were kids on the park or in the cul-de-sac, we all high step, we all flex, we all talk a little trash and good fun. But somewhere along the lines, when you start playing it formally, they try to squeeze the fun away. Why? Embrace the turnover chain. Just make sure you don't steal that junk. Because some ideas are so great, let them have it. Everybody could have had a turnover chain first. Don't be the Bammers who want to have the fake me out turnover chain or the, the turnover rings, you know, the turnover slippers. Don't be, don't be that school, man. Don't be that school because y'all just going, it's going to annoy everybody so much. Let Miami have that and let Miami ride the way that they have right now, man, because the entire sport of college football is better for it. All right, guys, that's the first quarter. Make sure you follow me in the show on Twitter all week long. We'll have all types of topics, all types of fun stuff. You want to make sure that you're involved and you interact with me. You can follow the show on Twitter at quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E -E -E show. Also, make sure you email the show. We're going to have stoppage time in a second where I interact and respond to some of your guys' tweets and emails. So make sure you email me and email the show. We're at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. Again, it's quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E -E -E report at gmail.com. And now... We're on Instagram. We're doing a lot of fun things on Instagram. We just got up on there. We got some sound bites, some, some sound from the interviews that don't make the cut for the show. You can hear it. Some fun little things that I put up on Instagram. I'm trying to make sure that you guys can all get involved with the show, not just on Thursdays or whenever you listen to it, but whenever you feel like it, man. We're trying to build. 
I'm continuing to grow on listeners. I appreciate every single one of you guys so much, especially the ones who've been rocking with me from day one and the ones who tell your friends. I appreciate you. So I'm trying to give you guys all the opportunities to get involved and interact with me and the show. All right, that's enough house cleaning for right now. We're going to keep things moving with our second topic this week. Later in the show, I'm going to have a homeboy of mine. Uh, I call him the resident comic expert for the quarterly report. But in actuality, he's just a, a close friend. And uh, he's going to talk about all these comic movies, all these comic shows that are coming out. Because, you know, I don't know when it started. I guess it started in the early 2000s with Spider-Man. But like comics, they're like the, the one movies, group of movies that just keep on generating money. And it's crazy because I remember hating comic movies, right? Except for one. I love Batman. Short story before I get to my point. I was I never read comics as a kid. Just never did it for me. I was, as you can tell, I've been a big sports fan my entire life. Like that was it. I didn't have I didn't I didn't do comics. I just I just wasn't weren't interested in them. But like, I guess. I remember watching like old Nick and Knight, you know what I mean? Back when Nick and Knight used to come on at night. Uh, I remember watching the old Adam West, God bless the dead, the Adam West uh, Batman television shows, right? Man, I remember my mom used to like them as well. So I just always enjoyed that. Fast forward a little bit to the end of the 80s and Michael Keaton and Tim Burton, they they made their, their Batman movie with Jack Nicholson. And let me make this, this is my hot take. Okay, God bless the dead. Heath Ledger did did the damn thing with the Joker. He won an Oscar even, and that was dope. I mean, he was a great Joker. There will never be a better Joker than Jack Nicholson. Let me make that hot take out, and I'll claim it. I'll stand on top of any mountain with the flag waving, okay? I don't care what anybody says. I don't care who got an award. I don't care what happened afterwards. Jack Nicholson was the best Joker ever, mainly and there was a lot of reasons for this. But Jack Nicholson, as the Joker, pulled out the super long hammer out his pants. <laughs> it's one of the great... Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You talk about the original Batman movie with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. The first thing that comes to everybody's mind is the Joker pulling out the super long hammer out his pants and shooting down the Batwing. If that wasn't the hardest thing ever, there's no Joker who could do anything... Harder or cooler than that. Jack Nicholson wins. He's the best. But that movie also, besides Jack Nicholson, right? Besides Jack Nicholson, the Tim Burton Batman had Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Feel me on this. Billy D. Williams was going to be Two-Face if they let Tim Burton continue on with his vision. How ill is that? Billy D. Williams is going to be the only brother who's going to be in Star Wars and in Batman. He had a purple cape in the perm, you understand, in his own in his own planet that he hustled from Han Solo, and then he was going to be, you know, the, dis the district attorney. Oh, my. Slim. I'm mad at Warner Brothers for not giving us the Two-Face, the black Two-Face. You understand? Ugh, don't get me started. Anyway, Batman... Yeah, even as a child who did not like comics, who knew nothing about, like, all the other villains in the Batman films, right? I just knew about the Joker, the Penguin, the Riddler, 
You know what I mean? Because of the FX or the, the old school Nick and Night shows, right? That, that's it. That movie in 1988, 89, that was it for me. I loved Batman from that moment on. Then as I was a like a preteen, it was the animated series. I was all in. And then, you know, you had the Dark Knight trilogy, like the Christopher Nolan films. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it was because of my, my childhood and when they grabbed me, I separate Batman movies from other superhero movies. I don't like, you know, I wasn't an Iron Man fan. I never liked Superman. Okay, I was I never like I haven't liked a single Spider-Man movie, any of them, all the different variations. None of them have I enjoyed. But it was Batman, like Batman, even the even the awful ones, right? The Mr. Freeze jank. I still want to see him because I rode with Batman, right? Didn't read a single comic, but I enjoyed the movies. I enjoyed the, the television series. But comics as a whole, man, I just never was, I never was down with them, right? I didn't like X-Men, the, the original X-Men. Uh, I didn't like uh, I, the Iron Man movies. I didn't see any Iron Man movies in the theater, right? I got on that wave super late. In fact, the entire Marvel Universe thing I got on super late. And it, you'll hear upcoming with uh, Mark, our guest this week, he was the guy who kept on telling me, nah, man, you need to check this out. You may like it. You may like it. And I never I never even paid attention to it. It didn't matter to me. I didn't read them. I didn't care about these guys. Half of them I didn't even know. You know, and I was like, Thor, isn't he like a Greek guy? Like, this guy is a superhero? What's going on, man? <laughs> but funny thing happened about seven years ago. My daughter was born, you know, and my job at the time had weird hours. So, during the day, when she was little, you know, we spend a lot of time, she and I, one-on-one, daddy-daughter time, you know? And she would take that nap. And there would be all these movies on, like, On Demand, FX, TBS, TNT, Spike. Y'all know. There's like 100 billion channels that show the same seven movies every single weekend. And most of them are some superhero movie. So, that's how I started watching them. And I didn't like, like I said, I didn't like Iron Man. Um, I didn't like Thor. I didn't like The Incredible Hulk. I didn't like any of these things, right? And I'm watching these on demand. However, they had this genius idea to link them all together. So if you watch one, you're like, ah, oh, man, that was all right, whatever. It wasn't special. But it linked to another one. And after a while... You just are sunk in, like, just wanting to figure out what happens next. Then, about a year or so ago, I saw Civil War. And that got me. That's, like, my favorite, besides non-Batman. Again, Batman's on a whole different shelf for me. But Civil War, Captain America, that one for me, I don't know why. I enjoyed it. And now... That was like, that was the little, the, the, the hook that was able to get me interested. Because again, they keep on, they, 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 they overlap, right? They have one movie that lead to the next movie. Now, I still haven't seen many of these Marvel movies. I haven't seen any of the Gardens of the Galaxy. I haven't seen the new Thor. I haven't seen some of the Hawks. All these things, that's fine, right? I don't need to know everything. But some of these movies are dope, I can't lie. 
And not only are they dope to me, they're dope to so many of y'all. They make so much money. And this seems to be like the sweet spot when it comes to superhero movies because a few weeks ago, Thor came out. By the time you guys hear this episode, Justice League will come out. But now there's a new a new nugget when it comes to superhero franchises. It's these Netflix series, man. And that's where Marvel has won me over. Civil War was a fun movie that I enjoyed. It kept me interested. It, it, it introduced Black Panther to me. And we're going to talk about Black Panther a little bit later. But that movie to me, I enjoyed. But I don't enjoy anything more than Daredevil and Jessica Jones on Netflix. They got the Luke Cage and the Defender Jane. Marvel, I don't know what it is that they're doing, but they are winning. You understand? They are absolutely winning. The superhero wave may not be for me. I used to think it was like super nerdy. You know what I'm saying? I thought like, I ain't gonna lie. I used to think it was nothing for but nothing but nerds watching that stuff. But nah, man, everybody watching them joints. I can't even lie. I'm watching them now. Now I'm like one of the, you know, 37 coolest people in the entire planet. You understand? So, and that's, it's not just nerds. Like, they're, they have tapped into something. And you got to salute them for that. You got to salute them for that. So, we're going to talk about the comic, the whole comic waves coming up with my homeboy Mark in the third quarter. But I want to kind of just set the table up and tell y'all my journey into being interested in these films. Because it didn't happen overnight. I used to couldn't stand them. But now they're everywhere. And truth be told, I don't know if I'm going to see Justice League this weekend. I don't know if I'm ever going to see Justice League. Because I saw Batman versus Superman. And I told y'all how I feel about Batman, right? That was maybe the worst movie of all time. Because Batman was about to kill Superman. And the only thing that kept him from doing it is that Superman's mother was named Martha. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? That's how y'all tie this together? So I, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I can't even do it. Can't even do it. I'll go rewatch Batman Begins of, you know, The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises. Or, again, the greatest Joker of all time, Jack Nicholson. You know what? Matter of fact, this is what we're going to do before we get to halftime and stoppage time. Head on over to the quarterly report. Or I'm sorry. Head on over to... The Quarterly Report's Twitter page at Quarterly Show. Again, that's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. I'm going to put a poll up starting on Thursday, okay? So this podcast starts on Thursday. For a week's time, I'm going to have it up there. So I'm interested in seeing how y'all guys, how y'all feel on this. I think Jack Nicholson is the greatest joker of all time. Hands down, bar none, case closed. I feel like I may be in the minority on that. So... We're going to put it to a vote. If you agree that Jack Nicholson is the greatest Joker, you would be right. But vote Jack Nicholson. Many of you guys will, again, feel that Heath Ledger was the best Joker. Shout out to Heath Ledger. God bless the dead again. You know, he did a great job. He didn't pull a hammer out of his pants. Okay? And shoot down the damn bat wing in the air. While he was throwing money. Slim! Jack Nicholson had a parade playing Prince, throwing money to everybody right before he was going to kill him. <laughs> hey, don't get harder than that. It really doesn't. And in the process, 
pulled out the 30-foot-long gun and shot down the Batwing from the air. Get out of my face with anybody other than the Joker. The real Joker, Jack Nicholson. All right, y'all, man. Y'all heard the horn. Y'all know what that means. That means it's halftime. But this week, and again, we're going to do this every other week. I'm going to alternate half or stoppage time. And stoppage time is, of course, when I read some emails or tweets that I get from you all, the listeners. And you guys can either critique some of the segments I had in the past. I've done a several music lists and movie lists that a lot of you guys gave feedback on. Or you could give me a topic and ask for my opinion. You know, um, I feel like this podcast is really just me talking to talking to y'all, man. Whether we were at a bar, uh, we were on the corner, at a barbershop, wherever. You know, I wanted to be like real formal, just real relaxed. You understand? Like talk to me like I'm, I'm your partner because, I've, again, you guys are giving me an hour of your week. And I really appreciate that. And to some extent, many of you guys are my partners, you know. So... This week's I ha- uh, this week's episode of Stoppage Time, I have an email. This is from Melissa from NEP. Okay, I used to live up there, so that's Northeast Portland. Shout out to Portland. You understand? And her le- letter or her uh, message goes, obviously, she's a Blazer fan. So she says, Dame Lillard is the most underrated player in the NBA, bar none. Agree or disagree? All right, Melissa, first off, thank you so much for listening um, and writing this email. Um, I do think Damian Lillard, in terms of how we view under and overrated players, uh, I do think he is one of the most underrated players. Um, I don't want to say he is the most underrated in the NBA. Uh, There are players like Rudy Gobert. I would think Rudy Gobert is maybe right up there because because he doesn't score a lot of points, it's easy to overlook how good he is, especially on both ends of the floor. Utah won 51 games last year. And because Gordon Hayward scored the most points from a points-per-game perspective, he got all the credit. When reality is, Rudy Gobert is clearly the best player on this team. He's out for four to six weeks, so you're going to see just how bad that team plays without him. So I would say if we're talking most underrated, in terms of how good you are, Rudy Gobert would be number one. But Dame is absolutely underrated, and I don't know why. A lot of people used to throw out, oh, well, he's playing in the West Coast, so that's the reason why no one wants to stay up late to watch him play. We all know that's not the truth anymore, right? Because everybody will stay up late to watch Golden State, and they play their games just as late as the Blazers play theirs. Um, Dame is fun to watch. He, he plays an exciting brand of basketball. He's got game winners. He had a game-winning playoff elimination bucket against the Rockets not too long ago. So Dame is really fun. It's weird. I feel like Damian Lillard is the West Coast version of John Wall. Like, both those players are super fun. Um, they both play with a real chip on their shoulder because they feel they should be getting more attention and more recognition. Um And they're both really, really fun and really, really good. And they're the focal point of successful teams um, to varying degrees. So I don't know if Dame is the most underrated, Melissa, but he's absolutely in the conversation. And in terms of how most people view under overrated players and points per game and who takes the shot, who's the man, that type of thing. Dame is right up there with John Wall, I would say, as two of the most top five underrated players in the league. 
All right, Melissa, thank you so much, you guys. Again, keep the letters, the emails, the tweets, them all coming. Again, every other week we're going to do it. It's called Stoppage Time right after the second quarter, but right before halftime. All right, speaking of halftime, this week it's time to go back to the call center. There's some athletes and sports personalities who need some advice. So we here at the Quarterly Report are willing and ready to enable to help. It's the Hotline Blend. Check it out. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Quarterly Report Call Center. Any problems that you have, we are here to help. First caller, what's your name and where you're from? Hey, am I on? Oh, wow. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you so much. I love the show. My name is Tyrod from Buffalo, and uh, I'm having a pretty bad week. You know, all year long, I um, think I'm doing pretty good with my job. We're ahead of the competition, even really doing well for a year in bonus however i had a bad week last week and i come into the office and i lost my job i don't know what to do i don't know why it happened i'm just kind of confused please armand give me some advice well tyrod i'm not going to sugarcoat this that sucks (laughs) i'm sorry to hear that bro man you know what i don't know all the answers but before you start pointing the fingers at other people You do got to kind of look at yourself, do a little bit of self-assessment. Now, I don't know if you are completely to blame. It doesn't seem like it. Like you said, if you and your team are up for a potential uh, year-end bonus, if you guys are ahead of the competition, then, you know, obviously something smells fishy. But you got to look at your team, your surroundings. Maybe you're not in uh, an environment conducive to winning. Maybe the place that you're at now, they don't appreciate you for whatever reasons. You're in Buffalo, man. Those people are probably just cold and angry, you know. But if you were ahead of the competition, if you were doing well, everybody has bad weeks. Everybody has setbacks. But it may be time for you to bust a move. Get yourself up out of that bad situation because if you were ahead of the competition, I guarantee you there's at least one, hopefully, fingers crossed, right, there's at least one organization that would want you on their team as well. So, Tyrod, man, keep your head up. It sucks. It's around the holiday season. But you know what? If you were winning, you know, if you and your squad were winning, you guys were beating the competition at the time that you were uh, demoted or let go, well, then maybe you just, it's time to stop messing with losers. And it's time to bust a move and see what else is out there for you. All right, guys, we got a, a short quarterly report hotline bling call center this week. But, you know, we're always going to be here 24-7. So any advice you need, make sure you hit us up. On the quarterly report, Hotline Blink. Come on now. You know, something, something doesn't smell right up in Buffalo. Okay? Again, like, like you heard on halftime, I'm not trying to make it seem like Tyrod Taylor is the second coming of Aaron Rodgers. Because he's not. You know what I mean? But as of right now, Buffalo, they still have a wild card spot in the playoffs. As things stand right now. So, yes, they had a really bad loss at home to the Saints. But they've also had some, some several really good wins, right? Tyrod has 10 touchdowns, three interceptions. That's not going to light the world on fire. And that's just through the air. I don't know how many rushing touchdowns he has. That's also important because, again, he adds a certain dimension that every quarterback does not. But he does not turn the ball over. And it's worth pointing out, they traded Sammy Watkins before the year started. They just traded for Kel- Kelvin Benjamin. But he didn't play their first week back. So, you know, 
Like, again, I'm not trying to make it seem like Tyrod is Tom Brady. But come on, for him to get benched in a playoff hunt for a rookie? <laughs> oh, man, the fix was in Tyrod. But, you know, again, I talked about this a few weeks ago. Buffalo, they wouldn't know what a win is if it bit them in the face. And I know this because I used to follow that team. I used to love that team. Tyrod, maybe the best thing for you is to get up out of Buffalo. But remember, this past offseason, uh, for whatever reason, the market wasn't – there was a, a dry market for Tyrod. Sean Glennon got way more money than Tyrod Taylor did in free agency. That's insane. That is insane. That's a, that's a topic for another time and place. Tyrod, the writing is on the wall, bro. Run out of Buffalo as soon as you can. Get the hell up out of there, bro. You're better than them. You're better than them. All right, guys, that was halftime. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you're a Bills fan, I don't know what to tell you. If you're Tyrod, get the hell up out of Dodge. But if you're listening to the podcast, buckle up. We got two more quarters to go, starting with our third quarter, a friend of the program, the resident comic expert for the quarterly report, my partner, my homeboy, Mark Moore. He is the show's resident comic expert. But more importantly, he's a homeboy. I've known him for years. He keeps me up to date with all types of things, but right now we're going to focus in just on the world of comics as it relates to their screens, both on the big screen, the movie theaters, and the small screen with television and Netflix. He's my guy, Mark Moore. Mark, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Quarterly Report. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, bro. <laughs> oh, no problem, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it was funny, a few weeks back, I'm looking at the calendar, and I notice all these huge releases, whether it's in the theaters or with Netflix that are coming out around the same time. And there's literally no one I know personally better to talk about these things than you. So we're going to get it started. Um, it's been a long, hard, bumpy road for DC Comics to get to this point with uh, their release of the Justice League. By the time everyone listens to this podcast, the Justice League will be out in theaters. But, you know, they had a lot of bad PR with Ben Affleck and Jason Momoa, the guy who's playing Aquaman. Um, they had, obviously, Batman versus Superman. That joint was awful. People didn't like it. People didn't like Suicide Squad. DC Comics did have a win this summer with Wonder Woman. Um, but as it relates to everything that they're trying to build, not just the actors, the director, the producer, but this entire universe that DC Comics, that they're trying to build, how important is this film for not just to be entertaining, but well-received by critics and fans alike? I can say it, it's, it's major and it's big. At the same time, it's not really that big. Because mm. no matter, I guess, the critical outcome, it's still going to do numbers. Right. It's going to, it, it, but at the same time, it can be seen as disappointing if it doesn't do Avengers numbers because... It's the Justice League. Justice League is more well-known than the Avengers. Right. Avengers still finds a way to kill it every time they release it. Marvel finds a way to kill it every time they release something. So you've got the holy trinity of superheroes. Whenever you think about superheroes, you always think about Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Those are the first three superheroes you think about. Right. And the fact that Justice League and DC is doing so poorly critically is just like a, a Smack to the face of comic book fans everywhere. Not even just comic book fans, just like regular fans. Because Batman and Superman movies have been 
been being made for decades, and they've always kind of, you know, came with it. Even right. from the 80s with Christopher Reed and the 90s up until the, the Nichols and Batman Forever to Christopher Nolan and, and with the, the, the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. But it's, it's going to be, like, major, but at the same time, they're still going to try to find a way to churn out these films. So it's still going to be – these films are still going to continue to be made. Once again, guys, I'm joined by my folk, man, good people, my guy Mark Moore. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at Marking the Edit. That's Marking, M-A-R-K-I-N-G, the Edit. He talks about comics, sports, uh, entertainment, politics, social commentary, the whole nine. A really fun follow. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. All right, so, you know, we talked about Justice League, and you, you mentioned about Marvel and, you know, how genius their whole blueprint is. And I got to salute Marvel for real, not just for what they do. Again, like the only Marvel film that I really enjoyed in the theaters was Civil War. But what I do enjoy from Marvel is their Netflix series or their Netflix series. They've got Daredevil. Jessica Jones was my favorite. Luke Cage was very popular last year. The Defenders. And now they've got a spinoff of the Daredevil series, which is the Punisher. Another uh, comic character that I enjoyed as a little kid only because of the video game. Now, I don't believe in coincidence. Like, the fact that Justice League comes out on Thursday and the very next day, The Punisher comes out on Netflix for Marvel, I think that is just genius level flexing on Marvel. I don't believe that's an accident. I look at it like kind of, remember early 2000s, you know, Jadakiss would take a shot at Jay-Z or something like that. Jay wouldn't respond to Jadakiss, definitely not directly, but he would send like beans out there to take the shot and just like go go hard at Jadakiss. And Jay didn't have to say a word. To me, the fact that Justice League, DCU, DC, uh, DC Universe's big, you know, their golden prized possession is coming out. And then the very next day, Marvel sends out their Netflix series. I I love that so much. Like that level of flexing is right up my alley. I love it. So my question to you is is DC are they in a position to where they need to be worried? Like will this embarrass them if they don't receive the critical acclaim that Marvel's Netflix series will? It in a way yes and no because I mean it's still a television person film. It, right. it, it's more so of the trolling aspect of it that's funny. So you're releasing <laughs> your big, your big budget Justice League film. Your, 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 like the the thing that's supposed to be like your, I guess your centerpiece of your whole unit, your whole movie universe. And it's like you know what, we'll restore a couple weeks before, and then we'll just, I guess we'll just release Punisher to kind of compete with it. <laughs> it it's, I mean, like, come on, Joe, if Thor which came out a few weeks ago, does better numbers than Justice League, and then the next day, you got the Punisher on your ass? Jeez, I mean, what can you do? That's a, 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 you, so you have all all the, the conversation going towards Marvel and how they're still killing the game and how DC is kind of still lagging behind. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a troll move because, I mean, Marvel's been doing that the whole time. Like, they'll, like, uh, uh, they'll release the news about Justice League, and then a couple weeks later, they'll drop the Black Panther uh, uh, poster, and that's pretty much what everybody's been waiting for for the past right. two years. For the for 
Yeah. If there was a way for Marvel to actually sell their trolling ass, you know, a, a movie, I'd be in line all day for that joint. I love it. That's something I would do. You understand? Like, <laughs> you think you're doing something. You think you're feeling yourself. I'm like, okay. Bam. You understand? It's time for me to shut your whole situation down. I love everything about it, man. I don't I don't have a rooting interest in any of it. I just love the flexing that Marvel's doing. <laughs> it, it, it makes for great entertainment. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like the all season in the NBA. <laughs> Slim. That's the perfect analogy. <laughs> Like, you're just waiting for the next troll or next player to do something that just trolls another player. Once again, guys, I'm joined by my folk, my people, Mark Moore. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at Marking the Edit. He's got a lot of fun stuff on his timeline, sports-related, comic, entertainment, television, music, the whole nine. It's a really fun follow. And uh, you mentioned Black Panther earlier. And, you know, we're going to pull the, uh, the curtain back a little bit. A few years ago, a handful of years ago, I, I guess. Mark te is telling me about, you know, this idea that Marvel is having to have this movie called Black Panther. I had never known of a comic book character called Black Panther. And I told him at the time, I think we even made a wager. I was like, man, this is going to be one of the the lowest uh, grossing films of Marvel's history. Because I'm thinking to myself, there's a large population of this this country that will hear Black Panther and won't, and won't try to support it. Right. And again, like I told y'all earlier in the show, you know, I was still thinking, you know, you know, comics is a bunch of nerds. You know, I didn't know that, you know, the black community would support this film. Fast forward a few years later, and now I know how I, I see the error in my ways, right? I know not only is this like a, a, a movement within like the black community, but I got white homeboys who are more excited about this film than like my sister doesn't like comic books and she's talking about seeing it. It's like a movement. They, like you said earlier, they released a poster. There's buzz. They released a trailer. Everybody was going nuts about the trailer. But I got to ask you, I've seen the trailer and I have no clue what the hell this movie is about. <laughs> <laughs> so please, Mark, shine some light. Let, let the world know what the hell is this movie even about. I, I kind of feel like that's a, a good thing and a bad thing. Right. Like, I have to say, every time the trailer comes on, I, I shed a tear. Like, I, I literally <laughs> shed tears. Not only because, like, this is the first, like, black superhero. This is kind of like the first black superhero movie, but we haven't had a black superhero since Hancock. Uh, <laughs> the, Will, the Will Smith. And before that, it was it was Blade. Yeah. And Shout out to Meteor Man. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. There was one after that. It was Blank Man. Oh, that's right. You know, we can't forget about Blank Man either, baby. J5. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it, it, and it's not just Black Panther. It's um, it's her sister. It's the whole, the, his, 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 his personal bodyguard for the Dormy Lodge. It's, it's, uh, it's the, the villain. It's, it's in a... Uh, Central South African setting that shows just this great African nation that's showing it in a a, a positive light. The, right. the most positive light we've had since uh, 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 of an African country was I think coming to America, and that was 
even off. Right. <laughs> off right. In the sense that and that's not what it's really like. <laughs> right. But and of course this is still fictional, but it's still a great thing to to kind of see and to 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 embrace. And then you have uh, uh, Ryan Coogler directing it, who as you know has done his thing with both um, Fruitville Station and Creed. Right. It kind of adds to uh, the anticipation for it because people trust after just those two movies alone that he's going to do right by this. And then you see the the cast and crew, the crew that he brings in. It, it's a inclusive crew. So right. not only do you have so many black people on the screen, you have a bunch of black people and 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 uh, 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 behind the scenes, and that's going to help each person here have more opportunities in the future. So it's not just the, 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 the idea of the movie, but it's also what this movie can do for, like, real people in the future. And it's just a type of film that I want to make. That's just one of the reasons why I'm so excited for it. But to answer your original question, what it's about, <laughs> I'm not quite sure yet either, but from what I gather is, like, Killmonger, at least in the comics, he was, like, the only the main dude that really gave T'Challa some problems. Okay. And he feels a way about T'Challa having the crown. And what's happening is since T'Challa's father, T'Challa's father died in Civil War, there's pretty much a, a, a power struggle that's going, that's going on. Mm-hmm. So the other, the other guy that, you, uh, that people have seen in the trailer, he had this kind of like, he was like a, a big dude. And his name in... The, the comics is um, um, Manning, but luckily they did not go with that in the film. His name is Mbaku. <laughs> okay. And he is like the leader of another tribe who's going to, I imagine, also going to contend for the crown of Wakanda. So mm. it's just pretty much, I, I'm imagining it's a movie about power struggles within Wakanda. Yeah, man. Everybody's going nuts for this film, man. And I still think I I want to see if there's a prop bet, but I feel like Cap is going to be in this movie. I feel like Colin Kaepernick. He's not going to have a large role, but like a cameo. I'm just I just got a feeling. I'm ready to put like fifty dollars down on that joint in Vegas if there's a prop bet. Watch though. Watch, mark my words. Speaking of mark my words, that's my guest, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Moore. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at marking the ed- edit. Okay, he's got a really fun follow. Talks about sports, talks about movies, music, social commentary, the whole nine. Smart guy, and more importantly, that's my homeboy, Mark Moore. Thank you so much, bro, for joining me this week on the Quarterly Report. All right, man. I appreciate you having me, man. No problem. No problem at all. All right, guys. We are three quarters down. That means we only have one quarter left. You know what it is because I teased it last week. It's our fourth topic for the show. Fourth quarter. What the f- kind of drugs were Jim Ursay on? You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Let's rewind. Okay, even before Andrew Luck was drafted. Okay? The Colts had Peyton Manning. Two years before Andrew Luck was drafted, I want to say the Colts went to the Super Bowl. Now they lost to the Saints, if you guys remember. But that was, I mean, Peyton Manning, each year, year in, year out, Colts team won, you're talking 11 at the minimum. You knew it was either going to be the Steelers, the Colts, or the Patriots fighting their way into the Super Bowl, right? Peyton Manning gets injured. 
The Colts realized this, and they were like, you know what, we're going to tank this season because Andrew Luck was billed to be like the next John Elway. He was a can't-miss, surefire, pencil him in into the Hall of Fame. He's going to win multiple Super Bowls. I mean, the hyperbole that people used when it came to Andrew Luck was crazy to me. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Hearing people hype up Andrew Luck before he played, that made me kind of not even like like him for real. I want to say that because I once I saw him play, I was like, okay, it's fun to watch this guy go. He's playing differently. Like he came out. It's weird when you think about it, right? Because the hype for 2012 was all about Andrew Luck, RG3. But in reality, it's, it's, it's weird to think, but I don't know. Andrew Luck is his own case, but the best quarterback thus far, right, that you would you would say would be Russell Wilson. And then you got Kirk Cousins who came out that year too. I'm not saying that Kirk is better than Luck, but Kirk is durable. And Luck, there is a real concern, right, of whether he will play again. And you think about this because this was the thing. Everyone was talking at the time, oh, well, you can't, you got to let Peyton Manning go. You can't draft Andrew Luck if you got Peyton Manning. And I'm thinking to myself, why the hell not? Who made that rule? I mean, because I can think of the Packers, and the Packers have been championship consistently, a championship contender, with the exception of maybe three to five years for essentially 20-plus seasons. Like this year, you got to throw it out. Rodgers' first season, I believe he got hurt. You got to throw it out. And there were a few years toward Brett Favre's in in Green Bay where they struggled a little bit. But like, that's like five years in 23 to 25 years. You can pencil your team in and be like, okay, we've got a shot. Why can't you have Andrew Luck for a year or until you know Peyton Manning has nothing left? Peyton Manning left the Colts and then took a team to two more Super Bowls and won one. Now, yes, that last Super Bowl, Peyton Manning didn't play well. But I want to say Peyton won two more MVPs once he was in Denver. At least one MVP in Denver, right? So this idea, they they ran Peyton Manning out of town. Out of town. The NFL. The NFL that is cutthroat. The NFL that never does the right thing by a player. You know what I'm saying? The NFL... They they did they essentially let Peyton Manning go because they wanted to do the right thing by him and by Andrew Luck. Why? You feel me? Like that never happens. Doing the right thing for a guy. Why? What did Andrew Luck deserve? What did he do to deserve starting? You know what I'm saying? Think about how crazy that sounds. They let Peyton Manning, who still had good years left. Now you could say no one knew, right? No one knew what Peyton had left. And that's exactly why you 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 had him under contract. You see what he has. You understand? I mean, that whole situation to me still makes no sense. There was nothing wrong, nothing in the rule book that says you could not let Andrew Luck wait. But they went on about it, let Peyton Manning go. He took Denver to two Super Bowls, won one. But it was okay, right? Because Andrew Luck looked the part. Not only did he look the part, you could see he knew what he was doing. He was on his way. In fact, he took the Colts to the AFC Championship game. Like I want to say in his third or fourth season. And this is with minimal help, right? Offensive line had issues. T.Y. Hilton was this only wide receiver. I mean, 
that they had Reggie Wayne at first. They tried to kick the tires on Andre Johnson. The defense let, left much to be desired, even though they had Vontae Davis. But you know what? You had your cornerstone. Then they pay him all this money, but they still refuse to bring him talent. They brought in all these older guys. And yes, Frank Gore, he's still playing. But Frank Gore, they traded, they traded, I want to say they traded a first. Maybe not a first, but they traded a pick for Trent, Trent Richardson, who was a bust. You know what I mean? They kept on making dumb decision after dumb decision with this guy who everyone has ordained to be the next coming the second coming and he's really good i'm not trying to throw any fault at andrew luck but the head coach clearly is in over his head the general manager clearly was in over his head but it kept everybody around then andrew luck starts getting hurt like shoulder back sports turning all these crazy injuries that is like yo the offensive line is really really bad you keep letting this guy get hit You've already put in so much sunken cost into Andrew Luck by way of a potential Super Bowl, right? You let your most popular, most beloved, Peyton Manning in Indiana, I guess, other than Larry Bird, is probably the most beloved athlete. He may even be more beloved than Larry Bird. I'm not sure because of football, but, you know, Indiana Hoosiers, you know what time it is. But if he's not the number one most beloved athlete, he's number two. And y'all just let him walk out. Because you had Andrew Luck. And now fast forward six, seven years later, there's a legit concern that Andrew Luck, won't, not only won't he not be the same player again, he may not even play. It's funny. You got to remember at this offseason, they were saying that he was going to play this season and he won't miss that time. They were rushing him back. Now he's on injured reserve. He's not playing the entire year. They try to have him come back to practice and throw. His arm was sore. It wasn't feeling it, so they had to shut him down again. They are playing with a guy, right, who had the potential of being a special athlete. Now you don't have no idea. He's young. He plays a physical style, right? He runs the ball. He has no offensive line, still doesn't have an offensive line. And your owner's getting busted with pills in the back. And, like, why is the cash? What the hell is going on in Indianapolis? Somebody got to sign the alarm, ring the alarm. There would have been two Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks. We talked about Tyrod Taylor a little bit earlier in Buffalo. The Bills have not had a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I got a special heart or a special place in my heart for Doug Flutie. Okay, so I'm going to say my guy Flutie. You understand? But before Flutie, it would have been Jim Kelly early to mid-90s, you are seeing awful quarterback play every single week by at least 10 different teams. At least many of them spent first-round picks on their quarterbacks. Ayo, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans, I hate, to, I hate to tell you, your boy Jameis, man, he over there licking and eating on his fingers. You understand? I don't know what the hell's up with him. But he's not he what he's not what everybody build him out to be. Okay? All of these next next guys up, the next, the next coming, right? New generation, quarterback class, this, that, and the third. That's funny. Because when you look at the best quarterbacks, it's the same guys it was five years ago. Okay? Right? Breeze, 
Brady. Maybe now there's Cam, okay? Russell, depending on how you view him. Maybe, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but he's hurt. But think about it. It's, it's not this influx of new changing quarterbacks, you know? And the Colts, the Colts went from one legend to a potential second, and they found a way to mess it both up. Get yourself clean your head. I don't know what's going on in Indianapolis. I don't know what's going on in that facility or with the owner or the coaches or whatever. But you got Andrew Luck, and he may not play again. Remember, his daddy played. He's got bread. He's got money. He doesn't need to keep on playing, putting his body through this. And if he were to shut it down, what would you have? You would have pushed your most beloved athlete out the door, see him win a Super Bowl, and then see you ruin the next prized possession. Colts, man, y'all got to wake the hell up, man. <laughs> okay? There are people in Jacksonville who are desperate for a quarterback. There are people in Buffalo freezing their ass off. Desperate for a quarterback. The Dolphins, they're paying Jay Cutler $10 million. $10 million. All the while, y'all treating Andrew Luck like it's like some crash test dummy. Y'all better wake the hell up. All right, y'all, man. I, I had to get that off my chest. They're treating quarterbacks like, you know, like some marbles or something. Like everybody got them. You had Peyton Manning. Kicked him out the door. Slim, who does that? You know, I thought everybody learned their lesson from the Chargers, right? Kicked Drew Brees out the door. They had Phillip Rivers. How's that going? You understand? How's that going? But at least Phillip Rivers is playing. They kicked Peyton Manning out the door six years later. Andrew Luck may not play football anymore. They don't deserve another quarterback, man. Call Chris Painter up or whatever the hell his name is. Put him out there. Take Jacoby away. Jacoby don't. Jacoby doesn't deserve to be playing with Jim Mersey. Probably getting loaded as we speak right now. I can't believe it. it's crazy. Let me. You know what? I'm gonna continue this conversation with myself once the show is over. So let me go ahead and let you guys know if you want to continue the conversation with me on any topic, Tyrod Taylor, Andrew Luck, NBA, boxing, comic books, you name it. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter. We're at Quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. Also, remember, you can email us. We'll be doing stoppage time two weeks from now. Okay, you can email me your thoughts, your ideas, your opinions. You like the list. Who's your favorite comic book character? Your favorite comic movie? Do you disagree that Jack Nicholson was not the greatest Joker? If you do, you'd be wrong. But I'd love to hear your take. Email me. Email the show at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. And make sure, make sure you guys head on over to iTunes. Subscribe to the show. All you got to do is search quarterly report under the podcast directory. Again, that's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E, report. See the show, click on it, subscribe, and while you're at it, please rate and review. Let everyone know your thoughts, what you like, what you don't like. And again, we're now on Instagram, so make sure you follow the show on Instagram. We're going to try to make sure, put some content, some fun stuff out there for you each week. Make sure you check us out on Instagram as well. All right, guys, I'm done talking your head off. I hope you guys enjoy your week. Next week, it'll be Thanksgiving. There will be a show, a new show on Thanksgiving. So don't worry. Eat your turkey. Watch football. You understand? 
Eat your macaroni and cheese for those of you who act like macaroni and cheese isn't a Thanksgiving food. Eat that too. And then check out the quarterly report next Thursday as well. Until then, enjoy the show. Enjoy your week. And I'll see you back next time on the quarterly report.